0: Hello there and a very warm welcome to episode 50 of the Frantic Football Podcast on World Football Index. It's a fine occasion, our half century is up but unfortunately the 2022-23 season has of course drawn to a close so guys are off on, on holiday but of course the show goes on because well, football never goes on holiday so we have loads of games from the weekend and loads of stories from the weekend to discuss with a couple of titles as always almost it seems uh, this year uh, we have some some league fixtures from the americas and from asia we have a couple of international tournaments and we also have some transfers of course because the summer window 2023 summer window is ongoing and there's all sorts going on there so it is once again going to be a fairly busy episode we'll we'll talk through uh, some of the titles first obviously and then we'll move on to all the other matches so and then of course we'll have our transfers at the end so that's that's your agenda for today and after this let us get started Alright let's start as always with the titles, Uh, the big one most definitely was in Morocco where we had some big drama at the end of the Botola Pro title race. Uh, Asfar were leading the way on the final day, looking for their first league title since 2008, their first in a decade and a half, Uh, Vidal Gasablanca were of course the ones chasing them and there was only a point between the two sides so it was a must win for both really. Uh, Vidad uh, got the job done against Masfes without too much of a fuss. Uh, they opened the scoring in the 13th minute and obviously never conceded, so uh, it was fairly straightforward for them. But the big drama was in as as game. They were away at Etihad Tanger and they took the lead on two occasions, conceded on two occasions, and eventually only went on to win the game. In the 3rd minute of stoppage time, at the end of the 90, from the penalty spot, Red Slim, who opened the scoring from the spot in the 8th minute, went on to score the winner uh, in the 3rd minute of stoppage time, as I said, to win the title for Asfar in extremely dramatic fashion. So, a huge, huge twist uh, right at the end of that match. At the end of a very exciting race, Asfar doing really well to hold off Vidat uh, Casablanca's sort of sur titles charge at the end uh, we, that didn't really have the best of starts to the season but obviously got their act together certainly towards the end obviously got that Champions League final as well didn't end up winning but got, got there and beat uh, Sundowns Mamilodi Sundowns on the way uh, and after that I think around that time especially of course they had a managerial change as well Sven broke uh, coming in and I think especially after his appointment they have been pretty good uh, but they just about fell short in the end. Just a point in it. Um, although Asfar also have the better goal difference with more goals scored and indeed fewer conceded. I think they're the best in the league by, on, on both counts. So, uh, you have to say a deserved title. Uh, and we look forward to seeing them in the Champions League next season. with uh, Casablanca also in contention in, in qualification. So, could well be both. But let's see. But either way, a huge result in Morocco. And a huge story, of course. As far a historically, very successful club from the capital, uh, haven't hadn't won a title in as as I said, fifteen years. So a pretty big deal, a uh, league title, I should say. So a pretty big deal here that they did win it uh, this time around. Right. Uh, we also had another title uh, in a big one in Colombia. Uh, this was the primera, uh, up, I think, apertura for this year. Uh, the first leg of the final was played uh, in midweek. We discussed that very briefly on Friday. And now it's time for the second leg. And it was goalless from the first leg. So it was all to play for. And we had a draw here too. It was 1-1. Uh, Millionarios against Atlético Nacional. Uh, and then I don't believe they have extra t- time at the end. Uh, in, in the... After the final, so we went straight to penalties after that and it was a uh, Millionarios who won penalties. They both sides missed their first attempts but uh, Atletico Nacional missed both of their last two and Millionarios s- s- missed one but scored the last. So with that they lift the Primera uh, title. They have, it's not quite, quite a story like as far, both of these sides had one fairly recently. Uh, a most recent one was in 2017 so somewhat, somewhat noteworthy, uh, A few years away, uh, but yeah, it's, it's still still a pretty good story. Uh, and of course, that means they too will be in with a chance of uh, the the uh, not the Champions League, the Copa Libertadores, I should say, uh, for for next season or well, next year uh, in South America. Of course, right now they're in the Sudamericana. And they'll be in action this midweek uh, as they look to seal a place in the knockouts. So that's, I suppose, their next target. Uh, we also had another, uh, not not quite so important, uh, a final or, or a trophy, but rather, uh, well, trophy ended out was the Liga MX uh, sort of playoff, which of course sees the Apertura winner against the Clausura winner. Mm. So it was Tigres against. Pachuca this time. Tigres, of course, uh, recently winners of the Crossura of the 2022-23 season and Pachuca of the Apertura, it's sort of like uh, a Pre-season, not a pre-season, but like a Super Cup, uh, which we have in Europe's major leagues like the Community Shield in England or You know the Spanish Super Cup, Italian Super Cup, sort of like that um, So it's it's not really considered a major final, I'd say, but I mean, of course, yeah, nice to win So, it was Tigres who got the job done here, Uh, scored twice uh, before Pachuca pulled one back but that was a case of too too late as Tigres held on to a 2-1 win and got their their new season off to a good start. I think Liga MX will be back in action pretty soon, it's either next weekend or the weekend after, fairly soon either way, so that's something worth to, to look forward to. Uh, and of course, this marks basically the start of the twenty twenty three twenty four season uh, in Mexico. Ooh, let's just quickly jump by to the across the border to the United States of America, where of course uh, we have MLS and NWSL going on um, at this moment. These are of course summer leagues, so a lot going on uh, in on, on both in both tournaments. In MLS, of course, there's a lot of focus on Inter-Miami with, of course, Lionel Messi joining and a couple of his uh, ex-Barcelona teammates joining as well. Uh, They have quite a job to do because they're losing a lot of games Are Inter-Miami right now. I think that's at least five on the bounce right now with a pretty heavy defeat this weekend to the Philadelphia Union. 4-1, of course, the Union who were finalists uh, last season and are going pretty well this year too, I should say. Uh, They're, uh, I think, in the top four of the Eastern Conference, uh, Inter Miami, of course, Plum last uh, down there. But because there's like nine uh, five playoff spots in 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 the in the division in the Eastern Conference rather, they're only about ten or so points away. So it's it's still all to play for for them. But they are going to need Messi and company to really rescue their season because it's been pretty really terrible so far. Uh, Elsewhere, there's a couple of uh, other terrible seasons (laughs) as well. Uh, One most definitely is Toronto FCs who, I I think if you read some articles, have a lot of drama going on besides really poor results and they've sacked Bob Bradley, uh, I think this weekend after a run of, uh, let me me count, but I think it's five winless games and just one in their last 11. So, it's been a pretty poor run. They are again far off uh, from, not ra- rather not in the the playoff spots, but uh, above Inter Miami only in the Eastern Conference, uh, and so they also need to get their act together. And well, they'll be looking for a new head coach, but apparently there's loads of trouble in their squad as well. I think some sort of well not exactly in-fighting, but well jealousy, whatever, whatever, call it what you will between, especially. Two of their marquee players in Federico Bernardeschi and Lorenzo Insigne. Uh, there's been articles about that, I think I'll link one below. So, some some very interesting stuff going on there, to say the least. And um, a managerial change uh, over there. I think that's about it for the big results in MLS this weekend, or big news rather. I mean, a couple of big score lines, as always, really, I think to stand out probably. LFC 2-3 Vancouver Whitecaps, because the defending champions have suffered their first defeat in a few games, I'd like to think. Uh, Certainly not one you'd expect, but the Whitecaps are very much deserving of this. Of course, well, I forgot, but LFC did suffer back-to-back defeats to Houston Dynamo fairly recently, so not that long a time. But, but yeah, it's it's an interesting time in the Western Conference, because... um, the, the battle for the top spots is wide open in the Eastern, of course, FC Cincinnati are uh, well, rather running away with it. But in the West, it's St. Louis City who are now top after that result. Uh, but uh, LFC do have a game in hand. And then it's the Seattle Sounders, uh, three points behind them having played one more game than even St. Louis. So that is one thing to watch out for in the MLS table, the fact that everyone's played a different amount of games almost so it's not exactly representative and well it's probably going to be a while until it is but anyway let's pop by now to the nwsl where i believe this was the last weekend before the world cup bound players jet off to the other other side of the world really and some of them left with quite a bang most notably sophia smith who scored yet another hat-trick to send the portland thorns to the top of the table they beat Uh, well, then league leaders, Washington Spirit 4-2 at home at Providence Park. Largely thanks to Smith's hat-trick, she got their first three goals, Uh, the Spirit equalizing on two occasions, but Smith uh, fighting... Well, sorry. um, uh, Well, yeah, I said that right. Uh, The Spirit equalizing on two occasions and Smith uh, putting her side back in front uh, on, on, on both occasions as well. So that means that she leaves as uh, the league's top scorer but obviously by some way but I, I, I just need to check how much it is because I think she could well remain so because she's uh, on top with 10 goals Caroline on 8 might well be off as well and then we've got Lynn Williams and Ashley Hatch on 7 who again won't, won't probably be in action um, through, throughout the, World, the the World Cup so it is possible that when Sophia Smith gets back from uh, the World Cup, she's probably still the top scorer. for Ashley Hatch, I don't think is going, but Caroline and Lil Williams certainly are, so there is a decent chance that Smith remains at the top of the scoring charts and I mean, would absolutely be the deserved Golden Boot winner. I, I am hesitant to compare her the best players in the world right now but I mean you have to say it, when you when you watch her she probably is the NWTSL is obviously one of the best leagues and right now the way Smith's been playing especially over the last month or so I think she scored in each of her games in June she just looks unstoppable so I'm very very excited to see how she goes on for the United States of America in uh, well New Zealand first and Australia and well, I mean with her up front they have every chance of uh, winning the title so that definitely is something to keep an eye out on of course we'll be speaking more and more about the world cup as it approaches uh we've got how many one two and a bit weeks was well, almost three yeah three and a bit weeks uh, to go until uh things kick off down under so uh, the excitement certainly building up for that but let's also now pop by down to uh, Brazil, where I have a big result for you, which is defending Serie A champions Palmeiras, losing to surprise league leaders uh, Botafogo. Uh, there were five points between the sides at kickoff, Palmeiras in second, uh, and Botafogo got a fairly late goal, I think, uh, to win 1 0 away from home. And with that, oh sorry, it was, in the, it was at the half hour mark, I'm confusing that with something else. But anyway, Bachofogo, uh winning 1-0 uh, by a narrow margin. Uh, what happened later on was Palmeiras uh, had a penalty, which Rafael Vega completely missed. So he failed to hit the target in the 82nd minute, could have gotten a draw, but uh, ultimately ended up losing. So with that, butchafogo goes 7 points clear at the top of the table. Palmeiras slipped to 4th behind Flamengo, uh, only on, goal dif- uh, on head-to-head or goal difference or something. And most interest, equally interestingly, I, I suppose Borja leading is, of course, quite interesting. But uh, another eye-catching thing is, in second place, it's Grêmio, newly promoted, of course. Of course, a very successful club, uh, a very big club, a club with a great deal of, spend, you know, financial, fair deal of financial power, I should say. Um, of course, signed Luis Suarez in the summer, yeah, that that's, says something. Uh, well, not summer, in, in, in the last window. Um, but... It's 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 still surprising to see them, you know, bouncing back up and then going, competing close to the top of the table so very quickly. So, that's quite impressive. And, of course, Borja Fogo, I mean, you have to say, that is, I don't think anyone could have predicted that. They finished 11th last season and were in the second division in 2021. So, it's, it's quite a surprise. Uh, and they're playing some good football. It's obviously... You, you do question how long some these sort of uh, you know underdogs can stay at the top and I think the big question for Bocifogo is uh, about their goals because the man who scored here was uh, Ticino Suarez who got his 10th league goal of the season and he obviously is in, fi- in fine form in 10 goals in what about 12 games altogether is very good but behind him Bocifogo's second highest scorers have only two goals so... You know, if something happens to him, I mean, hopefully not an injury, but even if he loses some form or something, then you have to wonder where Bocchafogo's goals will come from. But, I mean, 7 points clear for now. We are about a third of the way into the season, so a long, long way to go. But impressive stuff uh, as things stand from Bochafogo. Let's see how long they can hold on and if they can go the distance. So, something to keep an eye out certainly over the course of this summer in Brazil. I tell you, let's move on to to a place where we don't have such a title race, but we have an interesting result. And that's Norway, where uh, defending champions and league leaders Bodo Glimt have finally suffered their first defeat of the season of the league season rather, they were eliminated from the cup although I should say that was last year's cup, it's complicated but anyway, uh, the point is is Bordeaux Glimp's first defeat of the league season this weekend uh, Sturm's set, uh, beating them 2-0 uh, scoring uh, on the stroke of half time and then getting a second uh, late late on in stoppage time when Glimped threw the kitchen sink and everything else they had uh, at finding an equaliser so that doesn't really change mostly at the top of the table because Glimt remain, or well, are 8 points clear. Uh, Trimps behind them have a game in hand, but they're not realistically title challengers. Obviously, it's usually the second big team in Norway are Molde, but they aren't having the best of times. They're 12 points behind Glimt right now, with both sides having played 12 games. Um, so they're a fair way off the pace, and they did win... Um, Against uh, Haugesund this weekend, who are sort of more in the relegation battle, uh, but before that they lost to Odds, so they're not having the best of times uh, this season. And then uh, the other sides at top at the top are newly promoted Bran and uh, Fiking, uh, both above Molde as well. So it's not really looking likely that we'll have a tell race. Of course, we have to say credit to Bodoglim to playing some fantastic football. Some some really good players, of course, Amal Pellegrino. We all know about him. I mean, yeah, if anyone's been watching Norwegian football, you certainly know know about him because the guy is absolutely sensational. Uh, but but even even some of some of his teammates, Albert Grunbeck, uh, Faris Mumbanya, uh, Joel Mvuka, uh, many sending out. So they're a great team. Of course, a great coach as well, uh, Ketil uh, Knutsen. Very often linked with some sort of bigger European teams, but doesn't look like he's making the step up uh, Or well, I mean we say step up, but yeah He may well be happy to stay in Glimt and that's absolutely fair enough and we of course love to see that so Doesn't look like Glimt are gonna slow down anytime soon uh, And although they have lost their first league game of the season. I can't see anyone but them uh, getting to the title uh, Similar story. I have to say in Korea and South Korea as well Of course the runaway League leaders are Ulsan Hyundai And they haven't had They haven't encountered any problems uh, This weekend, I think they're 13 points Clear now after a win over Daigo FC, but their uh, Old drivers John Book uh, Hyundai Motors are not having a great Time, uh, they appointed Dan Petrescu uh, of Romania, most recently at Jeffery Cluj uh, Recently it was it's been in it, you know. It's been in the news for almost a month or so, I'd say now. So it's certainly been coming, but he's finally here, and there's a fair bit of excitement because he's the first foreign well, not the first, but the only currently active foreign coach in the K League. So obviously there will be many eyes on him, and I have to say things have not gotten off to a great start. But the FC started the day. Uh, behind John book in the table, but they ended up jumping above them with a 2-0 win So a bad bad start to Dan Petrescu's first uh, First well a bad bad start rather to Dan Petrescu's tenure in charge of John book I was I mean if you look at the stats, you know You have to say going to probably deserve that they possession was split in almost half, but they attempted 14 shots to John books eight. So almost double and I think, I think that, that tells you a lot about how, how the game went uh, in, in terms of efficiency from the two sides. So, uh, an impre- a, a great result for Guangzhou, of course, but for John Book, work to be done. Uh, the- Pedrescu will make his home debut, funnily enough, against Guangzhou of all teams in the Cup in midweek. So, that's something to watch out for. They'll obviously want to advance. And then his home league debut is going to be against Jeju United, who are. Uh, Up in fourth right now, but just a couple of points off again. So I think certainly for John book title is out of question They might want to chase Pohang Steelers for second place They're seven points behind them And so they'll hope that Petrescu can get things in order and they can start chasing um, Second place at least and you know, get a Champions League spot uh, at the very least with that Okay, let's uh, just drop by now to Japan where we, of course, had another weekend of J-League action. Uh, Yokohama F. Marinos staying at the top of the table uh, with a win over Sanfrecce Hiroshima. with Kobe staying in contention uh, with a win over Avispa Fukuoka. Uh, but the big story, uh, I mean, the big result most definitely was Sagantosu beating Shonan Belmare 6-0 uh, away from home. That's left Shonan at the bottom of the table uh, and also significantly hurt their goal difference which was actually pretty decent before that only minus 5 but now actually thrashed and while it looks a really bad score you won't believe it but Shonan belmare had 21 shots to Sagantosu's 13 so for Sagantosu all like basically half of their shots went in and for Shonan none of 21 went in so it's not all that bad for them but I mean they are lost so that's never a good thing so they will want to get out of the drop zone. And Sagan I think, uh, w- would really have, at the start of the season, primarily targeted staying up and staying clear uh, of, of the drop zone uh, and, you know, maybe pushing on towards the top half of the table. And, and in that sense, they're doing fairly well because they're 8th right now because that big win is really helpful. It, it be- beefs up their goal difference as well. It was negative before, now it's plus 4, uh, but... They, I don't think, obviously will challenge for uh, the A- 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 AFC spots, and I don't think they'll be in trouble of relegation in the season. Of course, where there's only one drop zone, or uh, only one relegation spot in the drop zone rather, uh, as the J League or, or the J1 League expands to twenty teams. So Sean Bellmare, as I said, will be looking to get out of it. Uh, next up, they have got uh, Asian champions Urawa Red Diamonds, and then Yokohama F Marinos, who are of course Japanese champions and league leaders. So Well, it's not looking like an easy schedule for them, but let's see how they can go. And lastly, let's go on to our international games. Um, I think the big story really is the CONCACAF Gold Cup getting underway with uh, a significant result in uh, the... At Chicago, was it? Where the USA and Jamaica played a 1-1 draw only because of an 88th minute equalizer from Brandon Vasquez. For the Americans, so Jamaica almost staging a pretty, well, you would say upset. But then again, if you look at the teams, USA really fielding a second or maybe even a third team, uh, say for a couple of players like Matt Turner. Uh, Whereas Jamaica, of course, going full strength with the likes of uh, Leon Bailey, Michael Antonio, uh, recently, I mean, you don't say signed, but recently converted, I guess, international Damari Gray. So... A pretty strong team from Jamaica, who on, with that, when you look at that on paper, then you'd say maybe should have ex- been expected to win this game, uh, but they didn't end up doing it. Uh, so 1-1 one, one there, uh, and of course the other game in the group saw Simkits and Nevis, uh, Nevis make their CONCACAF Gold Cup debut uh, with a loss to Trinidad and Tobago as you would expect. But of course that means the USA will need to beat Trinidad and Tobago to be in with a decent shot, uh, well, rather to have their uh, semi-final fate in their own hands, uh, sorry, quarterfinal fate in their own hands um, and that match is coming up soon. Elsewhere, uh, we had Mexico beating Honduras 4 nil as you'd expect but a, a pretty good result. Uh, of course, that's uh, a new era sort of getting underway for Mexico. Uh, Jaime Lozano's first game in charge so a great result uh, and a great way to get things started. But the other big uh, result in Group B was Haiti beating Qatar uh, 2-1. Sorry, uh, Qatar, of course, uh, invited once again to the Gold Cup. Uh, Asian champions featured in the World Cup, uh, but here suffered a defeat after taking the lead against Haiti. And against the side ranked about 20 odd spots lower than them in the FIFA rankings. It's a really disappointing result. And of course, uh, a disappointing start to Carlos Queroches. Tenure uh, in charge of them in in major competitions and I mean on the balance of play, I think It wasn't entirely undeserved you can say so I Think it's it's worrying signs for Qatar their youth teams have been battered in in Asian in Asian cups Obviously, they didn't make the best of impressions at the World Cup On the back of that Asia Asia Cup triumph though you might have hoped for a bit more And now it looks like they won't really have a shot of defending the Asia Cup either because if you lose to the likes of Haiti, you're not going to get past the likes of Australia, Japan, Saudi Arabia. So it's it's not looking like a good time for uh, the Qatar team, national team. But well, let's see how they go. They've got, well, I suppose tougher tests really against Honduras and Mexico in this group. So I have to say it's not looking likely that they manage to get out of this group. But well... Uh, only time can tell, I suppose. We do have a couple of other tournaments as well. We have especially youth tournaments. We have the under 21 Euros and the under 23 AFCON going on as well as the under 17 Asia Cup. So we have some other stuff. But I'll save some of that chat for later because I mean, we don't have that much to talk about. Uh, and it's a, I'll, I'll just quickly discuss a couple of transfers. Uh, Rafael Guerrero uh, Dortmund left back joins Bayern Munich on a free transfer, of course his contract was running up here, we knew that, and it looked likely that he was going to leave for a fair while, but he but he wasn't really in favour at Dortmund either until almost the second half of the season, when he was converted to a sort of left-sided eight, a very attacking one at that, and he looked really, really impressive, I don't think anyone expected that, so I'm curious to see how he goes on for Bayern, because right now, Thomas Tuchel is using his full-backs in a fairly deep role in a sort of 2-3-5 system in possession, roughly. Guerrero of course, uh, as, a, as a fullback was, I mean, sort of almost a wing-back, really. Really uh, looked keen to advance on, on the left flank, always. And, he obviously, as an 8, uh, in the last few months, he was, again, really attack-minded. So, uh, I'm curious to see if he can slot into that deep role. But, uh, yeah, I guess time could tell. Uh, we had an, an interesting uh, couple of transfers that caught my eye were Odin Thiago Holm to Celtic. Uh, of course, Odin uh, Thiago Holm from uh, Volerenga making the switch uh, at about 20 odd years old. He's got over 70 appearances for uh, the, no- the Norwegian club. So, uh, fairly experienced, really, really impressive defensive midfielder. I haven't seen loads of him, but from what I've seen, he's really caught my eye. So I'm quite excited to see how he goes on at Celtic. Of course, now under Brendan Rodgers. So obviously, it should also be interesting to see what sort of a system he plays and what role uh, Odin Thiago Holm has in that. Um, We also had Alif This one I liked. Alif moving to gank uh, from Zulta Vargam. Zulta, of course, relegated. So as you'd expect, their best players getting picked off. And Federa, absolutely one of their best players. Now, a Gambian international. The 21-year-old got... I think he was their top scorer in the league this season with, well, six goals. So, is that going to have to be Zilda's top scorer? Uh, Perhaps perhaps I'm being a slight bit too optimistic. But, uh, either way, he he was really eye-catching whenever he came on. uh, Mostly playing uh, off the left side, but sometimes... Uh, played me you or know, maybe centre, maybe with the right as well, uh, and and yeah, I, I mean more than just his end product, which was I think about six goals, uh, as I said, and six assists as well. He he, he 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 yeah, I mean just just with the way he he played with his uh, with his ball control, his dribbling, his his directness uh, and in intensity, he was he really stood out. So I'm really excited to see how he goes on. For Geng, who, again, you'd expect will lose some of their best players, as, you know, almost all the top Belgian sides do through top five leagues, Uh, and, of course, Geng had many talented players who stood out in last season's almost title charge, uh, which fell short in stoppage time, of course, as we discussed, and so, you know, I'd expect Federa may well already have a starting spot, uh, either. The, that he's in contention of or almost locked down at the start already. So uh, a nice move there And lastly, I think this is going to be a weekly <laughs> installment uh, Saudi Arabia's, uh, Saudi, the Saudi Pro League's rather uh, Big new recruits. I uh, think the two big ones to talk, well to mention rather right Now Rukh Nefsh and Khalidu kulibali who are joining El Hilal um, I expect, uh, certainly in the case of Nefsh moving in there That Al Hilal may, you, may lose their current foreign, well, at least one of their current foreign midfield contingent, I think um, that includes uh, Andre Carrillo if I'm not wrong and Gustavo Cuellar, Cuellar rather. so I expect probably one of them will leave, of course, Mateusz Pereira as well I should add. So I expect one of them will leave uh, and of course Neves. I mean you know, uh, Wolves, how many appearances does he have for Wolves, Hundreds probably? So, certainly a very talented player. Oh, well, 253. So, yeah. Certainly a very talented player. That has a lot. And just 25-odd years, 26 years old, which is, I mean, certainly on the younger side for transfers to the Saudi Pro League. Of course, Koulibaly uh, on the other side of 30. And, he, you know, towards the twilight of his career, which, I mean, obviously, he was, he was great at Napoli. Over 300 appearances and then he left just a season before their historic title run. And he went to, of all places, a Chelsea side who were in utter, utter shambolic state, in absolute chaos. Uh, and, well, I mean, obviously, it's, it's easy to say in hindsight, but that was a spectacularly bad move. And so it's, it's easy to see why he wants to go on uh, elsewhere so quickly. So those are the two big recruits from Saudi Arabia. Of course, there's rumours of many many more so we'll discuss them but for now i think that's that for this episode uh we look forward to the games uh in the week which are again mostly international tournaments uh, a couple of uh, league games here and there uh, we do have i think Libertadores and sudamericana action as well so we'll be back on friday to recap all of that but for now thank you very much for listening uh, and see you soon bye bye